Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity, a podcast series brought to you by TVPS, a charity that's been supporting people affected by HIV since 1985. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess and we work for TVPS and our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Is it recording? Oh, it is recording. We are recording. That's how we begin every podcast. (laughs) Checking the equipment works. I mean, to be fair, though, I laugh. But actually, do you remember that time you didn't have your microphone plugged in and I had to put a note halfway through saying we just had to pause while Sarah plugs in her microphone? I just don't know what's going on every week, which is weird because we've been doing it for a long time now, but still it doesn't sink in. Welcome, everybody, to HIV Hope and Charity. I won't sing the song. I might do I might do next week because I constantly get it stuck in my head like a little earworm. OK, no song this week, but tell me, tell me some good news this week. The news is very dire at the moment so I want good news only Jessica well I have amazing news do you if I had one of those you know the streamers that goes like you know the the ones I mean that roll like an like an elephant in distress (laughs) well I suppose they do sound a bit like do you know the ones I mean yeah the ones that fold out and it yeah yes that's the one if I had one of those I'd be honking it right now because we have been nominated for the British podcast awards for this <gasps> very podcast that is exciting and slightly unbelievable <laughs> even given the start of this one are we recording <laughs> isn't that amazing news that is amazing news oh how exciting could go to an award ceremony <laughs> the short list for the categories is announced in june thanks to everyone that listens because you know, I mean, we actually, I was going to say, because we wouldn't have a podcast without you, which is true, but we do always say that we'd make it whether it was just my mum listening or not. Hi, Denise. I know she's listening. She messaged me today about the Elizabeth Taylor one. Did she? Yeah, she said she really liked it. And then she sent me um, a quote that Elizabeth Taylor had um, said about HIV. I think we might have to start crediting your mum. Yeah. As a, I don't know what we'd credit her as, though. Cheer I- support. She's not anything to do with production, is she? Or content? 
she gives the good feedback. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yes. But anyway, sorry, I digress. I'm just very excited that people listen and people like it and it's being recognised. The reason we do it, and I know we say it all the time, is we just want to educate people around HIV. We want more people talking about HIV and we want to lessen the stigma that surrounds HIV. So if you're listening to this and you like it, please just tell your friends, like share it with them, because that's really our main goal. Absolutely. Getting the word out there is and that is what we need our listeners help yes well excellent great news i mean the content of the podcast isn't going to top your news is it it's only going to go downhill so you know strap yourself in as ever i was gonna say you know if history has taught us that everything <laughs> will be terrible from here forward yes <laughs> what was <sighs> it are we history are we heroes we're looking at a hero this week oh another american hero i'm very much in america at the moment i will come back to the uk i promise yeah, this has been quite a few American ones, hasn't it, in a row? Yes, I'm on a bit of a roll with America. We're also, we're in the 80s, so I'm happy. Do we ever leave the 80s? Yes. Okay, so we've got some coming up where we might not be in the 80s. We might Wait. not be in the 80s as much. <laughs> okay. Do you know what? That's all right. I don't mind because actually I don't know why I hate on you so much about it because obviously, as we know, HIV kind of came to the forefront in the 80s a lot of the history is going to surround that time i'll be less judgy no oh no please don't it's very useful to have all your feedback <laughs> such a liar so we are 1984 is our starting point this week the year of band-aid and the minor strike was it might not mean anything to anyone outside of the uk this week we're looking at a child that had hiv not really focused on children, and they were affected and infected in the 80s. Oh, your face. Because I'm trying, my, my brain is like a roller desk going, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Trying to pick one. You should really branch out into um, sound effects. Side effects? Side effects? <laughs> sound effects. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I should just learn how to talk properly. If you could for next week, I'd appreciate it. I'll try my best. Right, so we're looking at Ryan White. He was diagnosed with HIV in December 1984, and he would go on to become one of the most famous young people in America for all the wrong reasons, if I'm honest. I've never heard of him. Oh, have you not? No. Okay, well, he lived in Indiana and he contracted HIV through a blood transfusion. And he had the transfusion because he was a haemophiliac. Then he became ill with pneumonia and that's how he was diagnosed. And he's one of the first children to contract HIV, although actually that statement's not strictly accurate. because children were being born with HIV by then. So I think it's probably more accurate to say he was one of the first children to contract via a means that was not mother to baby transmission. Right. That makes more sense. I see what you're saying. Contracted HIV when he was 13. And he was given six months to live. And he became famous, not so much because of his diagnosis, although that was a part of it. It was because of the fight he had to return to school. They didn't want him to be in school. Tell me it wasn't because of his HIV. I know we're going to explore this, but I feel like you should have started this episode like you do. You, you prep me when it's going to be horrible. And, and you prep me and you're like, oh, this is going to be awful. And it's going to make you really mad and sad all at once. And already I feel that way. No. I've done no prep with you this week at all. Oh, you, you let me build myself up with the great news, and now you're just knocking me down. <laughs> Such a horrible podcast partner. <laughs> <laughs> the 
yeah, I know. I see now. Yeah, this was probably, but it's all the content I've got for this week. I don't have a backup. Carry on, tell me. Okay, so what happened? When he was diagnosed with HIV, it was thought he would be too unwell to return to school. But he surprised everyone, especially his medical team, because he not only lived longer than the six months that he was predicted to live, but he made a full recovery pneumonia. And remember, this is at a time when there is no medication for HIV. That's quite surprising. Yeah. And he started to ask to go back to school. He missed his friends. He missed school life. And he's a teenager. He wants to be with people his own age. Mum really worried that he would catch another illness at school because, you know, germs are rife in schools. Um, And she kept putting off discussing it with him about going back to school. And she managed to put him off for about 18 months. But in the end, she just couldn't resist anymore. He was really persistent. And, you know, she wants him to be happy. I can't imagine, as we know, childless women, remember, from, you know. Oh, have you, is it prefix or prefix? Oh, here we go. With oh. <laughs> I would have said but, prefix, but I, I imagine if I think it's that thing, it's the opposite. So let's say prefix. Okay, because I feel you do that with every opinion now or every everything at work. Remove the office around. As a childless woman, yes, I think we should. Yeah, these are my opinions. <laughs> but I, yeah, you want your child to be happy, don't you? More than anything yeah. and enjoy their life. And so actually fair play to her for holding him off for 18 months because I imagine that was quite difficult. Oh, I think it would have been. I totally get her worries for her child and not want him, wanting him to contract another illness. But yeah, equally, you have to balance that with the fact that you want him to be happy. And that's what she went with in the end. She put the request into the school to allow him to return. He's been away a long time, so obviously the school had a say in this. The school denied the request. Oh, enormous. I've never seen your eyes so big. I don't want to butt in, but I'm already like, oh, if it's because he's positive. Well, let's find out. Mum obviously appeals the decision, but let's, yeah, let's look at why the school refused to let him back. Now, the school was called Western Middle School and it was in somewhere called Russiaville. Ryan's diagnosis with HIV had become widely known. I don't know how, but it had. But this is quite a small kind of suburb and he'd been off school a long time. And you know how rumours can escalate, particularly within more rural communities, maybe. The school had 360 students, so small, very small school, and 117 parents and 50 teachers signed a petition for the school to ban Ryan from returning because he had HIV. There was a petition. Yeah. That's how I feel about that. I know. Another good sound effect that sums up the way I feel too. That's what they did to a child. They petitioned about a child coming back to school. I mean, I do not want to in any way stick up for these parents, but I'm not going to. But we have to remember that knowledge, HIV knowledge in the early 80s was really limited, particularly in that sort of small community. You know, HIV was something that happened elsewhere. Ryan's school... It was in a small town. So in the 2010 census, there were 1,094 people living there. It may well have been smaller than that in the 80s. And it's quite rural. It's about an hour's drive from Indianapolis. I mean, my knowledge of American states isn't great. We know this. But Indiana, I would say, is one of the lesser known states. It's not perhaps as progressive as some of the other states were in America at that time. As a complete side note, my mind has just been blown because I always thought that Indiana and Indianapolis were two separate places. Indiana is the, the state. Here we go. Indianapolis <laughs> is the city. So they are two separate things. So it's like a county and a town. Well, let's hope so. Otherwise, the people that listen in America 
I'm going to be livid at our stupidity. Oh, again, honestly, I'm so sorry. I know I do this a lot. I promise I will start. See, if you let me know it was America again, maybe I'd look at a map. I'm blaming you. Look at me, shirking all responsibility for my stupidity. Right, I'm going to Google it. Indianapolis estate. Indianapolis is the state capital and most popular state. No, no. <laughs> right, I'm going to say that again. Indianapolis is the state capital and most popular city of the US state of Indiana. So Indiana's the state, Indianapolis is the city. Is the city, the main city. And Ryan goes to school an hour's drive away. Indiana, not that massively populated, quite rural. Okay, the state is rural. I also, again, as a side note, think Indianapolis is a great name because it sounds like metropolis. Okay, let's get back to Ryan, shall we? Now we've established where he lived. I'm so sorry, people in America. (laughs) So his application to return to school had been refused. Family lodge an appeal and then file a lawsuit to get the school's decision overturned. Now, the court declined jurisdiction. They said that the appeal had to go through the school first and then the outcome be filed for a lawsuit if it needed. They wanted to follow the correct process. So the appeal goes to the Indiana Department of Education and an officer there rules that the school must follow Indiana Board of Health guidelines and allow Ryan to return to school. Now you do kind of feel that education officers were working very late writing up policies to include HIV because up until that point they wouldn't have needed to. And I suspect the ink on the Board of Health guidelines hadn't even had time to dry when they kind of made their decision. I suppose things changed fairly quickly around that time, like you're saying, and HIV just wouldn't have been part of it. Yeah, they very quickly have to amend their policies to include it. Rightly so, but they've never had to do it before. So the Department of Education ruled Ryan had to return to school. School's got no choice. They have to accept him. They allowed him back for one day, February 1986, almost like a phased return. That was his first day. And on that first day, 151 of... Don't say it. Don't don't even get to the end. I, I, I can't even cope. If you're going to tell me that they protested outside the school. They just didn't go to school that day. (gasps) I know. Oh man, imagine being Ryan. At that time, he had a job as a paper boy. Around the same time that he uh, was due to return to school, many people on his route cancelled their subscription because they were worried HIV would be transmitted through newsprint. So it's not just in school that he's experienced this, it's the wider community as well. And I know you say, oh God, they they were mad to think that. But remember the early days of COVID, people were washing their food shopping because they thought it might have COVID on it. But I suppose it highlights that at that time, we didn't have any information to kind of base decisions on. So, well, we did have information, but it wasn't always well informed. And I think that's what led some people to think that HIV could be transmitted. Well, we were told it could go onto surfaces. So why wouldn't it go onto your food? I think, yeah, I can see the logic. No, you are right. I, I, I can understand what you're saying. It's so hard to, and I do understand that people weren't as educated, but it is so hard to hear that a child having gone through an HIV diagnosis, having gone through pneumonia, thriving and doing really well, then just wants to get back to life. And everyone's like, no, it's just, oh, it's it's just horrible to hear. Horrible, isn't it? It is heartbreaking. And, you know, I don't want to stick up for the parents and teachers of the school, but their prejudice, it might not have been helped by some of the information around HIV at the time. So in 1983, that's the year before Ryan was diagnosed, the American Medical Association had said that evidence suggests 
household contact may transmit AIDS. Now, we know that's complete, completely false, but those sort of facts stick in people's minds. Very little was known about children living with HIV. So at the time, there were only 148 cases of paediatric HIV in, in America. A lot of those, if we said, were mother to baby transmission, so therefore under the under school age. So there's very little in the way of firm facts to base a decision on. And unfortunately, the majority of parents with children at Ryan's school just thought the risk was too high. Thankfully, the state health commissioner for Indiana stepped in. So he had experience of treating AIDS patients in San Francisco. And along with the CDC, the Centre for Disease and Control Prevention, no, the Centre for Disease Control and Prevention, oh, it's a mouthful. They advised the school that Ryan posed no risk to other students. The school and many parents ignored their advice. In April of that year, Ryan returned to school full time. On that day, a group of parents withdrew their children and moved them to another school. Now, brace yourself because this is not going to get any easier to listen to now. So I'm going to leave. I'm just going to leave this on record. I'm going to turn my camera off and I'm just going to leave. So, God, this is this went from honestly, like I know I said it earlier, but from having such good news to just descent into. You know, it's quite a skill I have in doing that, isn't it? Oh, isn't it? Okay, I'm strapped in. Right, ready. So the discrimination continues. Within the community, Ryan is shouted at in the street. So people are yelling at him, we know you're queer. I mean, they didn't know much about HIV in Ryan's town, but they did know most people with HIV were gay men. That's the how they assumed he contracted. And we know that wasn't helped by the press. Go back and listen to episode one, Reclaim Dugar. Yeah. Exactly. The local newspaper, the local newspaper, really supportive of Ryan's case. Reporters there were trying to help family by dispelling some of the um, kind of myths around HIV. Reporters received death threats for doing things like that. No. And Ryan's time at school was miserable. So he's gone from being very popular to having very few friends and he was treated differently. He had to eat his lunch with disposable cutlery. He had to use a separate toilet. He wasn't allowed to do gym class. Oh no, this is the saddest I've ever seen your face. I feel like I might cry by the end of this. This is a child. Like I, 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 discrimination hurts my heart enough when we talk about it for adults and people that can rationalise it in their own way. It doesn't mean it's better or right. I know. This is what I kept thinking as I was kind of pulling the facts together. Is that this is a teenage boy and. You can't put into words, actually. I mean, it makes me sad and angry in equal measures. What a, a what a brave family. And actually, his family, they were treated differently, too. So cashiers in local shops, they wouldn't hand the change over to his mum in case she passed HIV to them. And threats were made to the family. A bullet was fired through their living room window. Thankfully, no one was at home. Someone shot at their home? Yeah. I, I don't have words for that. Do you know what's bananas? What does him having HIV have to do with anybody else that someone needs to come and shoot through your window? I know. I mean, if, I suppose it shows the strength of feeling and discrimination to get against those living with HIV. I mean, imagine how they were treating any adult they came into contact with who was positive if they could treat a child like that. At this point, families had enough. They decide to move. They do. Ryan starts at a different school in a different area. Super nervous about going to school, as are his family. But he needn't have been. On his first day, the school principal came out to greet him along with some students who'd been educated about HIV. When the students learned that Ryan was going to start at their school, they asked to be educated so they knew what what was going on, what they were dealing with. And because they'd been educated, they weren't afraid to shake his hand. They weren't afraid to be his friend. They knew the facts. 
And so his school life was so much happier. And that school was called Hamilton Heights High School. Yes, Hamilton Heights High School and the teachers and all the students. Look, it's made me well up and everything. I know it's desperately, desperately sad. And I'm so, so pleased that the students and the teachers at his new school went out of their way to make sure he knew how welcome he was. Because this is a very broken young teenager who's had so much to put up with in his life. You know, he's living with haemophilia, he has a terminal illness, and he's just been stigmatised by his own community. The people he needs to help him and his family to get through this. So yeah, well done Hamilton Heights. What an amazing school and what an amazing principle to be able to see past the stigma and to see, you know, what it is a child with an illness. And that's the thing. When you were explaining initially about the parents pulling their children out of school, we were saying, you know, not that we were giving the parents a pass or anything, but saying, you know, education wasn't there. But that's what I was thinking. But why aren't you asking for education rather than just going, I'm just going to pull my child out of school? Because if the education board have said, or whatever they're called, have said, yes, this is fine. This is the guidance then why aren't you then going, okay, well, what am I not understanding about this? Now, I know it's really easy for you to sit on a podcast and say this, but I'm so in awe and I just think they're amazing, the people, the young people that were like, no, we want to learn. We want to learn. Let's get educated. I use that hashtag all the time on all of our things. Hashtag get HIV educated. Yes. And they were there doing exactly that. Now, to move on to the other side of Ryan's life, because um, he was featured in the national press. And he he almost became a poster boy for HIV. He was attending fundraising events. He was taking part in educational campaigns. Despite all the stigma he experienced, he wanted to help. I mean, he could say he probably didn't have a choice. So many people knew about his diagnosis. But if they know, you might as well try and use that to your advantage and educate them. Now, on one hand, he got to meet lots of famous people, Michael Jack, Elton John, Ronald Reagan. They all joined him to help destigmatize those living with HIV. He befriended other children living with HIV and his family were supported too. Elton John loaned his mum money towards buying a house when they moved to their new area. She paid him back and he put the money in a college fund for Ryan's sister. Michael Jackson gifted him a car, of course. Wouldn't expect anything less. So he's got all of this going on. But on the other hand, he really wasn't keen on the spotlight. He was still experiencing nasty comments and stigma. People blaming his mum or his upbringing for him having HIV. So as much as he's trying to counter the stigma, he's getting it back, you know, in full effect, basically. He was once quoted as saying that he would give anything to trade his fame for freedom from the disease. But it didn't stop him. Continue to speak out about discrimination and continue to try and drive that message home that education was the key to eradicating stigma. Moving forward, and I'll carry on while you compose yourself. Well, I was going to say that. Sorry. Just reeling. Because to be honest, I'm slightly braced for where we're going to go next because I feel like it's, I don't know, I just feel like there's something else. Well, in 1989, ABC aired a film about Ryan's life and it was called The Ryan White Story. Some of the residents from Ryan's old town, it's called Kokomo, different to where the school was in Russiaville. Is that like that song, the Beach Boys song? God, Do you know that one? Down in Kokomo. I'm going to look that up. Not now. Okay. Excellent. Well, some of the residents from Ryan's old town, Kokomo, felt they were portrayed in a bad light and that they were being condemned for their actions. Do you know what? I really hope they were. Surely just they're just being people just being honest. And it's just like, oh, you don't you don't like how this looks. That is how you acted, though. 
But imagine watching that film about a teenager's life and how he was treated because of his HIV diagnosis. And the one thing you're worried about at the end of the film is, oh, if I came out of that in the best light. Stop meaning about it and address how you've behaved. Yeah, that's true. It just astounds me. Well, people are selfish, aren't they? What they're looking at is themselves, not anything else. By now, Ryan's on the verge of leaving school. So he had a date for the school prom, plans to go to college. However, his health was deteriorating and he was admitted to hospital in March 1990 and died on the 8th of April at the age of 19. His memorial service was attended by over 1,500 people. Elton John was one of the pallbearers, and the service was attended by Donald Trump, Barbara Bush, Michael Jackson. The stigma, though, didn't end. In the year following his death, his grave was vandalised four times. Not even de- not even in death could he escape the stigma. People were just committed to stigmatising him. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's horrible. It's And this, where are we now? 1990. So I suppose, well, no, much more was known about HIV by that. You think they would have understood by then the facts, but no, no, definitely not. How do you vandalise? What does that do? Who does that help vandalising a grave? I don't know. I just, oh. very strange. Anyway. I'm also sad that he died, but. Oh, I but you know he was given six months and he lived for you know a lot longer than that. Actually, that's really true because when you said nineteen, I thought, oh wow, that's so young. Actually, you're right. Right at the beginning, you had said he'd only be given six months, so to have six years, he did so much good work during that time. To his credit, considering what he was experiencing, and after his death, his work continued. And it does say to this day, actually. So his mum founded the Ryan White Foundation um, to carry on his work around eradicating stigma, educating and supporting other haemophiliacs with HIV. But there were other charities and events set up too in his honour. So his old school, Hamilton Heights, they set up a scholarship fund in his name and they held an annual AIDS walk. It said, I don't know how true this is, but I like to think it is, that Elton John was inspired by Ryan to take stock and make some changes to his own life before setting up the Elton John AIDS Foundation. He also donated proceeds from one of his songs to the Ryan White Fund at Riley Hospital. That's where Ryan was treated. Michael Jackson dedicated one of his songs on his Dangerous album to Ryan. Tiffany dedicated one of her songs, one of her albums. And the Children's Museum of Indianapolis opened an exhibition in 2007 called The Power of Children Making a Difference. And it featured tributes to children like Anne Frank and, of course, Ryan. That's pretty awesome. It is. And there's one more thing that's awesome. So in August 1990, four months after Ryan had passed away, American Congress enacted the Ryan White Comprehensive AIDS Resources Emergency Act, often known as the Ryan White Care Act, which is a lot easier to say. And they did that in his honour. It's the United States, or it was the United States' largest federally funded programme for people living with HIV. And it was there to improve availability of care for low income, uninsured and underinsured victims of AIDS and their families. Now, as far as I can tell, the act is still in force today, and it includes grants allocated to cities, states, community-based groups. And it's there to provide HIV care, treatment and support for people who are living with HIV and to improve health outcomes and reduce transmission of HIV. Do you remember Do you remember when we used to have something similar in the UK, the AIDS support grant? Yeah. Yeah, that ring fence money that could only be used for those living with HIV. Although, I mean, some councils were quite creative about how they interpreted its remit. <laughs> Let's not talk about that now. Naming names. No. 
But this is very similar, but it's carried on in America. And actually, I can't let this opportunity pass without telling you that one of the first grants to have the ring fencing lifted when the Conservatives came into power was the aid support grant. That is a topic for another episode. But I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned it because we should talk about that. And I think we don't talk about that enough. And we, it's all just like we just moved on and it's fine. It's not charities are still closing. Support still isn't there. Just, oh, yeah, it's just not good. OK, well, America don't have that issue. They have this uh, the Ryan White Care Act specifically for people with HIV. And that's all been done in his name, in his honour. That's pretty phenomenal. That is amazing. I'm glad he has such a powerful legacy. He really does. He's still making a difference all these years later. So there you go. I'm not going to do a summary of why Ryan's a hero. I think it's fairly obvious. I think actually he's probably one of the bravest people we've ever featured on our podcast. I've never nearly been brought to tears, I have to tell you, by one of our podcasts. I find them <gasps> moving and very you know, angry and sad and all a big rainbow of emotions, we feel, don't we? But this, oh, this one really hit deep, didn't it? Next week, I'm going to do something more lighthearted. Really? I think so. Promising. <laughs> yes, I am promising. Because I came into this really happy about that news. And then <laughs> just, and do you remember I said right at the start, oh, I've never heard of Ryan White. And it's like, oh, I would have known if I would have known about him because that was. <laughs> I knew who he was. I might have been able to brace myself. Oh, no. I'll, I'll flag up to you prior to recording. Yes, we need like a warning. You know that how some music has like parental advisory? Yes. Like stigma advisory, anger inducing podcasts coming your way. Yeah, we should probably do that on all of ours. <laughs> I feel like so many of them would include that, though. Well, no, no. There's only a few that have made me really raging. This is one of them, I have to be honest. Um, and obviously the blood scandal, we all know how cross I am about, I still am. Oh, I can't even talk about it with that anger rising. Yeah, I know. It's, it's such a difficult subject sometimes, isn't it? It really is, but important that we share these stories. Absolutely. And I hope that, you know, after people listen, they'll know who Ryan White is, how phenomenal he was, how brave he was, and then kind of carry his legacy forward. Yes, as ever I say it every week, we'll put all our sources down, plus we'll put the link to the Ryan White Foundation. So please go and check them out, support them where you can. And I'm certainly going to do the same. And I also have to tell you, I cannot believe you said Tiffany dedicated a song because I literally just saw that she is playing in my local theatre soon. What? Tiffany from the 90s? I think we're alone now, Tiffany. Yes. No. Honestly, because I was like, Tiffany, do they really mean Tiffany? I live in like quite a small town. And I thought, no, they can't. And I read the blurb and I got this email today, Sarah. So it's very serendipitous that this has all happened. Hmm. And it said Tiffany in brackets. I think we're alone now. So that seems to have become her surname. Blimey. She's still around. Yeah, touring, it would appear. The small towns of England. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the English countryside is where she will be. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, I don't know if I want to go and see her now. I mean, I love that song. What a good hmm. song. It's a banger. I would have that on every day. It's a great song. And the video, I was weirdly talking something about it at, at the centre the other day. One of the service users were discussing the video where she's in all the different shopping centres. Yeah. Amazing. Such a good song. But yes, I, I think I was busy that day anyway, I have to say, when she's playing. So it's not that Don't I... Don't lie. You're going to be right at the front. <laughs> screaming, Tiffany! Yes. Dancing along to that one hit. She must have had other hits. She must have done. We did put another one in brackets. I can't remember what it was called. I want to, I'm just lying by making it up and saying it was called like close to you or something. Something along these lines. I think I've deleted the email, unfortunately. 
No, you haven't. Oh, what's that? What's that? I can see behind you on the. Is that tea tickets to Tiffany? <laughs> oh, VIP access. Yeah, <laughs> I won't tell anyone. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Embracing your youth. Oh look! No, I delete. Oh, I deleted the email. Yeah, yeah, bet you did. Mm-hmm. Don't believe me at all, do you? Nope. Here we go. Tiffany comes to that. I won't say where it is. That kind of gives away where I where I live. Look at this. Look at what she looks like now. Oh, she doesn't look that different. No, she looks good. So it says Tiffany live acoustic concert. So acoustic, just yeah. her. Not even a band can be bothered to turn up. And it even says we welcome legendary pop star Tiffany for a rare and intimate UK performance. The two songs are "I Think We're Alone Now" and "Could Have Been." And as a side note, she was the youngest female artist to top the Billboard charts with her debut album. There we go. I mean, I think legendary is pushing it. Look, there's a whole, look at how much writing there is about Tiffany. Yeah, if you've got to push it that much, then legends are people like Madonna, not Tiffany. I hope Tiffany's not listening. <laughs> I can say for your sake, Tiffany, I love you. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't mind her, but I wouldn't have put her in the same class as a musical legend. I probably wouldn't either. Right. Well, thank you so, so much. Because honestly, that was blooming awesome. And I can't wait for a light-hearted one next week, please. (laughs) If you could. Yes. Okay, then. That's agreed, though. I'm just getting it on the podcast so you can't deviate. No, 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 no. There's definitely... I've already started working on it because I work so hard. And um, it's definitely not like this one. Okay, perfect. Right. Well, I will catch you next week thank you for listening to hiv hope and charity if you'd like to know more about the work that we do visit tvps.org.uk and please like subscribe and rate the podcast if you enjoyed it hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.